Thanks to Kegstar. Welcome to a special edition of Radio Brews News Live. I'm Matt Kirkegaard. During the recent Sydney Beer Week, we were fortunate to work with Kegstar to present this discussion panel, looking at the future of beer festivals and beer events, such as the very beer week we were attending. There's not much else to say in this intro that wasn't said in the live intro, other than thanking our presenting partner, Kegstar, once again for getting us down to Sydney to be part of it, and also to the awesome panel who joined the discussion. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks very much for coming along to um, the uh, panel discussion, very thankfully and proudly presented by our very good friends at Kegstar. Um, we do thank them for their support uh, of Sydney Beer Week, but also of the, um, the beer community in general. So, ladies and gentlemen, in no particular order, from Two Birds Brewing, would you please welcome Danielle Allen. <laughs> Events manager from Two Birds Brewing, but also previously in another life from uh, Good Beer Week, the original. Uh, would you please welcome Kerry McBride. From Dave's events tours, I'll do anything for a dollar. Would you please welcome Dave Phillips? <laughs> and from Beer Insider, Marty Keetles. And of course, the last man needs no introduction. Um, so we'll start with, no, but it would be rude not to. So ladies and gentlemen, from Radio Brews News and Australian Brews News, Australia's leading source of brews news, views and opinions, would you please welcome Matt Kierkegaard. Uh, Matt, kick us off. Why are we here today? What's the deal? Thanks, Pete. Uh, yeah, look... Radio Brews News is all about trying to record the conversations that people have late at night uh, at the bar. You know, the, the industry has late at night at the bar. And in Good Beer Week this week, had a few chats to brewers who had just been back from uh, the Craft Brewers Conference in the US. Some of them had judged at the AIBAs. Uh, there's a big week of events that you need to be uh, at in Melbourne for Good Beer Week, culminating in Gabs. And then they all drew breath and had to be back in Sydney for BrewCon um, and the, the conference there and the judging. And then you've got a, every state wants to have a beer week. There are um, beer festivals springing up everywhere. There have been ones that have been around for a while. And I just got the sense that brewers were starting to feel a little bit tired about the demands on their time. At some stage they have to brew beer and there was a little bit of, what are we getting out of this? And on the other side of it, we spend a lot of time speaking to people who put together events and really want to create great events that are for consumers, getting beer out there and providing a good return for brewers. Um, and so we wanted to get a panel together that comp comprised all of those elements and look a little bit about, you know, have beer weeks had their day or what is a good beer week? Um, but of course, have beer weeks had their day is a much more saleable title. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so, so that, that, that's really what we wanted to, uh, to touch base on. The, the first person I wanted to have a, uh, pose a question to is uh, Danielle. So Danielle um, is uh, from Two Birds Brewing, um, and I was told when I was floating this idea with a couple of people that Danielle had some strong views about events. And so, well, just in, in terms of you don't, automatically, <laughs> you don't automatically say, hey, yeah, beer week, we're in, or beer event, sign us up um, because it's good for us. What does Two Birds look for when it comes to what events, do, what, what do you look for in a, in, in a beer event? Mm -hmm. And what is a good beer event to you? 
I guess it's taken it's my opinions and views on it have changed over the course of um, owning two birds simply because of you know in the beginning it was just Jane and I so we can only do so much so we have to be quite um, picky about what we can and can't do um, over the course of um, the last seven years I've, I've changed my opinions on events and beer weeks and and things um, as we brought people um, into the team uh, as we've got more people to spread around to go to events and I guess bring in fresh kind of energy as well so and then of course um, this year we were fortunate to get Kerry from uh, Good Beer Week who's got a lots and lots of experience. With so events. Kerry's done both she's running events for a brewery and previously ran Good Beer Week. Yes. I wouldn't say ran. Ran but was <laughs> in, instrumental. Yeah um, so yeah I, I guess we definitely look um, when we're looking at events and considering what we can participate in uh, firstly uh, I guess from my point of view, we look about we look at our distribution, and if we've actually got distribution points around or near the event that we can direct people to to get our beer after the event. For me, that's a big key thing. Um, if we don't actually have um, the support from a staffing point of view, if we don't have any um, salespeople in that kind of state or that area, or it's not a, um, a a location that we're able to pursue on an ongoing basis, I get that. That's probably our our first kind of um, checkpoint from there if we if we can can say yes or no to um, go forward with the event so that's a that's a major one um, and then um, you get sort of sent the pack from the event managers or the event organizers and I'm pretty uh, critical with that with the first pass if it if the information isn't kind of jumping out to me around the key the key things like um, the rebate system, the cost of the stall, and then the big one is um, kind of how the event's going to be marketed and what kind of um, support they're offering to support you as a um, participating in the event. So, you know, what their um, reach is going to be, um, if they've thought about the, um, the actual sort of the consumer itself and what the age is that they're targeting, what else they're going to be doing to bring people to the event in terms of entertainment, um, the you know the other draw cards being food, obviously location is pretty important as well. Um, so yeah, so there's I guess the pack is kind of is the key first thing for me that if that if that's no good, it's it's. Um, Are you saying you've, you've kind of learned to sniff? Like I think this is a, a going to be a well-run event, even if it's particularly if it's a first off. Yeah. You 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 just kind of never know. Like people can say we expect we'll sell two and a half thousand tickets or we'll yeah. sell twenty thousand tickets or whatever, but at the end of the day, you just never know. So do you have like a, almost develop a sixth sense for? I think so. That I I think that's definitely part of it. You learn to just um, yeah understand if the event if that if there's a professional pack and an information kit and it, it gives you all the information without you having to go back and ask questions like the really basic questions the that level is, of professionalism is really important for me because i don't i well i've got more time now but in the past i have had not had time to sit there and then you know, write emails where I have to, you know, send a list of 20 questions back, um, you know, to try to find out about more information that will then give me um, the answers I need to make the decision whether we can do it or not. Following on and I guess jumping ahead to the end, how do you how do you measure, um, so like do you have KPIs, I guess, so, so at the end of the festival you sit down and you go, okay, is it how much money we made? Is yeah. it, like how do you determine engagement? Um, or do you have to wait two, three weeks to see if there's any follow-up or new accounts are, are signed um, up as a result? How do you, like, so do from a brewery's point of view, yep. how do you go, we'll do this again, or 
or, or it's not. a pass. Um, I th- for the last sort of three years, we've got better at um, – we've developed a system where we have a template where we enter in all of the key um, factors, you know, the amount of beer that we've taken, the, the amount the store costs, the number of staff we've had to take, if we've had to pay the staff. So we've got a bit of a template to work all of that out. And, yes, it does come down to the um, the commercials of it at the end of the day. But um, – you know, we're also, I get the comments um, and feedback from our team um, and then it's, you know, and then another 12 months roll by and we go back and we look at those comments and just think, okay, you know, it might not have been a, um, a profitable event, but at least it was a really good um, engaged um, uh, group of people that came along or they were a whole new group of people that were not necessarily um, beery types. So that was a positive because it introduced our brand to a whole new segment so we we do kind of look at all of those things because there is i guess an argument i've heard it mostly from event organizers who kind of say if you're coming along as a brewery to a beer festival in order to make money Mm. you're probably there for the wrong reasons if it's and there's the argument that as long as it's you know cost neutral if you can sort of you know sell enough tokens or or get enough back that it hasn't cost you anything to be there but like you say you've reached people who you may otherwise not have sure yeah then it's worth it yeah is there a, a sweet spot where you can say yeah look if we make money it's a bonus or you do things for different reasons and you have to be flexible is what i've learned i think a few years ago it was a you know no we have to make money situation because i couldn't see the benefit of it but then the festivals have got better at drawing in different crowds and getting you know engaging different people so they're worthwhile for other reasons not just from a financial point of view so it's just more of a strain on the business and yourself if you don't have the support if you don't have staff and things so um, it really depends on where you're at in your business life cycle and what you can kind of afford to do at the time and how many other pressures and influences are on you at that time. So, And I guess just to close that bit off, how many uh, invitations to festivals would you get as two birds, you know, over the average year? Uh, yeah, a couple of week, uh, I feel like. There's the, you know, the, the small kind of... Um, backyard suburb suburbs that are you know doing small sort of food and wine festivals in supermarket car parks right through to the the, the really big um you know the, the mega ones that are attracting tens of thousands of people so and yeah. over the last few years as an average how many festivals would you do per year actually it's a good question because kerry counted them when you first started to get like a bit of a base i think we did in the 20s probably per year on average and yeah. who's your favorite Sydney Beer Week, because he's here. <laughs> and Beer Insider, of course. Yeah. So, well, Marty, we might go uh, sort of jump uh, the, the length of the panel and go to you. And uh, now, Beer Insider has just finished its fourth iteration. Fifth iteration, sorry. Um, and I, I remember when you first uh, contacted me, um, you were setting up a new beer festival in a very unlikely event, the race course um, in, in Brisbane. It was a beer event that was going to have some music and some food. And the whole thing has uh, changed quite, uh, you know, it, the, the balance has changed quite dramatically over those five years. Uh, what was your initial proposition when you went out to brewers? What were you offering them? And how does that change to what you offer them now after five years? Yeah, so Matt, in some ways it's, it's changed a lot. In some ways it's stayed the same. So Beer Inside has always had the knack of bringing in people who aren't sort of beer geeks and introducing them to uh, craft beer. And so that's something that I'm quite aware of that the breweries um, enjoy about our festival. And the, the music element of the event has grown. 
Um, but that's actually um, uh, us just listening to our patrons. You know, we, we survey our patrons at the end of each event and, you know, we've received really clear feedback from them that, you know, they they want an event that's engaging in a number of different ways and that, that is actually an experience, uh, not a, you know, a single sort of uh, feature. And so, you know, we've found that um, as we've grown the music and r- remained and kept beer as our champion, um, we've found that that's actually, you know, grown the event quite significantly. And so... You know, we, we uh, survey exhibitors as well at the end of each event and, you know, the, the feedback's, you know, really strong. And so, you know, I think every event grows and changes and as it sort of um, goes through its, its life cycle. Yeah. But that also changes the, the, the demographic that you have at the beer festival and the reason that they're there. On one hand, it's probably great for brewers because you're not just getting the people with their um, untapped check-ins, checking in all of the beers and rating them, you're getting people that may be trying different beer styles for the first time, but at the same time, their approach to drinking is a little bit different. And one of the feedbacks I've had, I've had uh, from some brewers with beer and cider is that you know, a lot of 22-year-olds who are there trying craft beer for the first time, but are rocking up and going, what's the strongest thing you got? And it doesn't seem to be as much about appreciation as it, 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 it's all great getting beer in the hand for the first time. Mm. But how mindful do you have to be of what your audience is as to the breweries that you approach in the first place to be there? Yeah, I think the that's actually sort of a reflection of society. And as you as you have an event that, that grows and it actually stops becoming your event, it starts to belong to, you know, the, the town that you, you've brought it up in, um, that event actually you know, is a reflection of, of, of the people out there. And as craft beer um, gets introduced earlier and earlier in people's life, um, that intersects with, with, you know, everything else that's going on in their life. And so, you know, uni students and young people do consume alcohol in a different way to the way that um, people with a few more grey hairs do um, and, you know, and, and with no hair, Hendo. Um, uh, <laughs> um, but... Um, if I turned around, I'd have no hair as well, trust me. Um, uh, so what it does, you have to have a laser focus when you're running in a, uh, an event that's of a, of a large size. Um, you have to have a laser focus on making sure that everyone consumes the alcohol safely. Um, and, you know, the RSA element of the, of the festival needs to be genuine and authentic and you need to care about your patron and make sure that everyone goes home safely. Uh, but at the same time, you, you need to provide an environment that is uh, stimulating, is enjoyable, is fun, you know, kind of gets people talking and also, you know, I believe gets people, uh, those, those 22-year-olds, when they turn up to the, the pub, you know, the following week, you know, hopefully they're actually leading their friends through a journey and saying, you know, I was at this uh, beer and music festival last weekend and I tried this thing called craft beer. You know, why don't we try it all tonight? And, um, you know, I think that's one of the big things that uh, beer festivals uh, such as Beer Insider kind of offer the, offer the beer community. Something that just uh, occurred to me when you said that was, do bands turn up going, people are going to hear us for the first time? Like, mm. it, it, is, is the mindset the same for a band at a, at a festival? gee, we're going to reach a whole lot of audience that may not have heard us before and they're going to go out and buy our records on a Monday the same way that the brewers are turning up and saying we're going to reach a whole lot of people that are going to go out and buy our beers on the Monday. Is, is it the same mindset? Yes and no. I don't think I've ever had a, a, a band um, say that to me because it's probably a bit of ego there. But it is, it's definitely a different crowd to uh, what they would normally play in front of if they were playing at, say, Laneway or Splendour or Falls or something like that. 
So different crowd. There are there are, there are definitely the the groupies and the the solid fans that turn up to all of these bands shows. Um, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of people who you know, really enjoy craft beer are starting to like dabble in craft beer like we all did at the start of our journeys. And then they're looking and seeing the music line up, and you know they say, oh, this is actually going to be a really fun day. You know, even if there's a couple of bands there that I don't know, I don't like. You know, I can use that time to explore the beer a little bit more. So it is that kind of holistic experience that they're getting. Uh, you add a few food pop-ups and a brewer's stage where you've got uh, people like Hendo and yourself, um, you know, interviewing people and getting interviewed, um, you know, and it's it's a bit of an educational uh, 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 day and it's, a, and it's a fun day as well. Kerry, you've um, spanned both sides. You were uh, a very... Uh, Potentially the first employee of Good Beer Week? Is oh, not at all, no. <laughs> oh, no, no, you weren't? Okay, so... But, but you're no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a latecomer. I, um, I came in, I've worked for the last three festivals, um, but before that there was obviously a, a core team who helped found it and everything like that. I've, I've only been in Australia for the last four, coming up five years. I, sorry, I, I thought there were a whole lot of volunteers and you were sort of one of the people that brought it. Wasn't in the country. Okay, it wasn't, wasn't you? That's okay. <laughs> But um, so you've seen the way that Good Beer Week uh, evolved and now you're working for a, for a brewery. What have you taken from putting together a big event like Good Beer Week in Melbourne and take to being the event manager for a, you know, a, a small craft brewery? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the big takeaway for me has been that uh, when you've kind of jumped the fence, you realise that for the brewery, it's all about the value proposition of what's on the table. So it's... Can they offer me the marketing? Can they offer me the reach? Can they offer me the PR value? Um, but can they also offer me um, a willing audience, ticket sales, and you know, also a good time? That's pretty important too. Um, so it's been an interesting transition. Moving, there was a period earlier this year where I was both one of the two people working for Good Beer Week and also working for Two Birds at the same time during Good Beer Week. So that was. An interesting ten days. <laughs> um, did you? Did, was it a schizophrenic experience though? You know, where you you sort of trying to achieve one thing with one hat and sort of demand something completely contrasting with the other hat. There were some earlier mornings than I was planning on. Let's put it that way to get everything done. But um, the, the the really big thing for me has um, it's really made me look with different eyes at what's achievable for a brewery for an event. Um, from the festival side, I was like, why doesn't anyone ever do like massive cinema nights? And then as soon as I put on my brewery hat, I'm like, because their, their profit line is like $2 per ticket and you're wiping it out as soon as you start talking about the registration fee. So, Talking about um, practical things like that is just purely the province of the beer media. <laughs> well, I've done that too. <laughs> um, so it was just this thing of realising what's actually realistic for a brewery, what can be achieved within the um, confines of the budget you're working within, um, and just what becomes the, the number one priority. When you're dealing with maybe a one-day festival, that, that profit line is obviously really important. When you're dealing with something bigger like Sydney Beer Week or um, WA Beer Week, one of those ones, um, that marketing element and creating a really special um, and exciting experience for the punter, I find that more important in those weeks than I do necessarily on the you know single-day festivals. So the, the marketing side of the equation becomes quite strong to me in those ones. And Kerry, there's, there's also, there's a very different um, mindset when you're a brewery versus, say, a brewer. Because the whole, um, I guess, one of the, the key elements of Melbourne Good Beer Week is that because it, it comes on the back of the, um, the AIBA awards presentation dinner is smack in the middle of it, it means that there are plenty of people from around the country 
from New Zealand and then further around the world. So you've got the, the rock star brewers, if you like, trademark, um, but uh, who, who, are, who are here for a limited time. And so if you're a venue, you can organise to have a, you know, a brewer here as the guest or to, you know, do a tap takeover, whatever it might be. Then there's obviously, it's, it's a little bit different for a brewery who's around the other 365 days of the year. How do you kind of look at, okay, so what events that we might be able to do or we might be invited to do? How do you work out, you know, which ones? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's absolutely what it is, especially around that um, AIBA part of the year. The, the, the rock stars are in town. So there's all that firepower you can bounce off and you've got to step it up a lot. And I think that's... That, that, but that's also what made Good Beer Week possible because yeah, uh, you, you had the AIBAs and... There was a magazine called Beer and Brewer that uh, had tried to get something going yeah. for a few years, and what's that? There still is. <laughs> oh, is there? Yeah. Okay. So, um, um, <laughs> Got a website as well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and, and and but they they just never fired, and then suddenly uh, you know James Smith, Good Beer Week, pretty much sprung out of there was a hair of a dog breakfast that was the morning after the OBAs, and then James had a great debate, and was um, what he was doing was so powerful that. People responded to him, everyone was in town, that this week almost sprung out organically from that. Um, but how hard is it to get another, like Sydney, maybe this is a question for Dave, how hard is it when you don't have that critical mass existing already to get something like Sydney Beer Week up and running? Uh, you buy it. No. Um, well, it was given to you, was wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, no, uh, no, give, not uh, giving actually, to you, but it Well, was... I don't know who told you that, but I'm, I think I you can, did. I no. think we did a. a, a... You inherited the deck. No. Um, no, no, no. How to answer the question? Yes, it is difficult to get um, critical mass, and and um, we. Uh, I'll just go back to the point. We, we've had this is our second year of having um, Sydney Beer Week under our command and control, but um, we took it on because uh, the previous owners were going to uh, just not run it. Uh, it was it was pretty simple, and Joel um, had approached me, and we'd spoken about it casually over a few beers, and we sort of knocked it around a little bit, and uh, and it and it got to the point where we asked a few of our brewery mates and a few of our venue mates uh, about what they thought about us taking it over, given that we've got an events side of Dave's, uh, and the response was, well, out of anyone in Sydney, you're you're agnostic, you're of the industry, but you're agnostic, you're everyone's mate, uh, you've got the capability, and you should have a go, and we'll get behind you. Then we negotiated and we bought it. Oh, you did buy it. Okay, yes, so could did, I, 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 did, that, that's the part it. of the conversation I remember. I, no, we did. We I didn't actually get into the grubby definitely, part. Definitely bought it. Uh, and then it was a case of, oh, shit, we bought it. Let's, let's go and make something happen. Um, now, in that, and as I said, the second year in, in the last two years, because uh, our MO at, at Sydney Beer Week and, and at Dave's is collaboration is king, um, we've gone and got on the plane and and had the conversations with other major festivals in other states uh about joining forces because um i just think you know to i'm hoping the question that you're going to ask is are beer weeks still relevant or have they had their day we'll get to it no (laughs) are there too many beer events yes the the answer to that question is the type and style and timing of those events there is definitely places for you know, beer and cider. There's definitely places for good beer week and Sydney beer week, and there's places for people like Gabs. So, which ones aren't there place for? Come on, Any, name names. Anyone who has a postcode doesn't mean they should have a beer festival. You know, and, and it is getting harder and harder. We, what Danielle opened with was, what do we think about when we're putting together a festival? We think about everything a brewery's thinking about, but in reverse. 
You know, we have four main customers. We have breweries, we have venues, uh, and we have consumers and we have sponsors. And we're, we're, we're in the middle of this square and we're pulled around and we put focus and, and attention on, on all of those things because we want our festival and we believe all festivals, whether it's a day festival or a nine-day event, uh, needs to deliver value to all of those stakeholders. And we, we definitely try to deliver that. Distribution, you know, I'm really lucky. I've got a great team, um, GM, Liam of uh, Sydney Beer Week. You know, we have, we have breweries that approach us about, hey, we see Sydney Brewery registrations are open. Can I, can I come along? Yeah, sure. Why do you want to come along? Do you have beer in the Sydney market? No. Uh, are you planning on putting beer in the Sydney market in the next maybe 12 months or 18 months? No. Mm, maybe you should rethink your investment in Sydney Beer Week. Like, we're not saying don't, but you've got to have a, you know, have a compelling reason to be here and, and to be involved and, and would happily have you involved. But think about your reasoning for do it because we don't want to get to the back end of the festival and have a brewery partner say, well, there's no value for money. That wasn't worth doing. Well, we, told you, we sort of told you so. Um, and we, we think we can tell you so because we look at, we, you know, we benchmark ourselves against other really good festivals and events and beer weeks in Australia and around the world and look at what's important and we speak to our partners. Sydney Beer Week isn't necessarily about brewers oh no um i look at it as a venue a festival of beer spread across 137 events in you know in different venues that are showcasing beer some are breweries some are pubs some are clubs some are dance halls whatever it may be but it's about trying to get that beer message out to the widest audience possible and to everyone play to their strengths uh and put on events that um are good for them and 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 good for the consumer, good for our sponsors, and, and good for us. And, and that's one of the things that when you asked, uh, are they still relevant? I guess I'm going back in, in Brisbane. The, the earliest uh, beer events I remember are the Story Bridge um, Beer Festival, which was the international festival. You had pubs that had no selection of beer at all. Like it was lagers in five different shades. And beer festivals were a way for the couple of nascent brewers and some beer importers um, to get their beer out to consumers that they couldn't reach through taps. But then it was also a way for consumers to come along who had no access to these beers to try beers in a smaller section because, I mean, I still remember you know, 15 years ago when you'd sort of follow somebody around a Dan Murphy's and they wouldn't, they'd pick up all of these bottles and they wouldn't buy anything because, gee, what if I try this beer and I don't like it? Right. Um, and beer festivals were a way for them to try a whole range of different beers and so you had this really nice alignment of interests and then you just needed somebody who would put that festival on that doesn't seem every hotel these days is a rotating you know weekly beer festival um, so how do you make a beer festival relevant in this time when hotels are mini beer festivals and, and I'm not sure who wants to answer that maybe everyone can have a crack at that one I'll jump in really quickly. Um, I, I think that one of the strengths that a beer festival in one location on one particular day has is that um, it has the variety there that doesn't require you to jump in a taxi or an Uber and, and you know, travel around the city to, to enjoy. So, you know, we've, we've got something like 350 beers at our event that, um, you know, you can get access to in one day. And uh, also, you don't, you know, you don't lose friends as you, as you sort of get around the city. So that's just quickly, that's just my... 
take on it. Well, well Kerry, when when you're one of 350 beers at a, at a venue, are you getting value for, for being there? Um, brand value as opposed to whatever you're turning over on the day? Yeah, that, that becomes a really key thing and I think it's become more and more relevant as some of those beer festivals that were smaller have grown in size and scale over the years. Um, and so that question becomes harder and harder to answer if, if you don't have the commercial side of it to rely on and you are simply one of however many breweries in a room, are they going to go pick up a Two Birds in the bottle shop the next day or are they going to grab any of the other breweries? And so that becomes muddier and muddier to measure. Um, And so you do have to start relying on other elements to decide if it was a success or not. Um, And that might mean that you need to bring your staffing costs down. It might mean you need to um, only pour, like focus on two SKUs instead of having six available. And it just means you've got to really streamline your focus and go, what is the exact thing we're trying to get out of this one day event? And so we're like, now that I'm, I'm the one receiving all of these invites and everything, like we don't say yes immediately. We'll, we'll analyze it. We'll turn them down quite often. Um, and we will we'll ask our ambassador team, what was it like on the day? What was the response like as someone literally walked up to the stall? Were they interested? Did they actually ask about the product? Um, and if you're not getting that kind of feedback and it's literally just someone going, give me the strongest beer you've got, maybe it's not the beer festival for us anymore. So The other thing too I've noticed, and I'm lucky enough, blessed to have been involved in, in a, a number of um, what I consider to be some of the country's best one-day festivals from, from day one. So I've been able to see them sort of grow. And one of the really uh, interesting things is you, you always get to a point where you'll get the beer nerds, um, the, the real the, the, the rusted on fans who will come along and they'll they'll come through and they'll go oh too bad no I've already had all of your you know what's what's new and shiny, and then there's obviously that other tipping point where you're then you know you, you got I guess you've got to expect that but then there's that other aspect of people coming along going oh two birds I've never heard of you and you think oh wow how can you, have, you know, how can you have not yeah. um, and whether it's stone and wood or mountain goat or whatever there's always somebody who goes oh tell me about your brewery so. At, at, how do you kind of, I guess, as a, as a business measure the risk versus reward in that respect? I think you get smarter at it and you, you do a bit of research before the event to figure out what lineup of beers you should take to suit the crowd. And I always, unfortunately, being a business owner, look at everything through the business owner lens as well. So then I'm looking at inventory and aging and I'm like okay well we're not going to take that fresh new limited release beer because it's going to be wasted on this crowd let's get rid of this three-month-old whatever beer to this crowd because they're not they're not going to care or probably know anyway so I guess (laughs) you, you use you use the event for your own advantage to make it work for you and if you're not doing that then you're probably falling behind and you're probably not um, you know, going to get the outcome that you want. So you've got to be smart about it and you've got to know the crowd and work it, work it to your advantage. And, um, you know, if you, I've learned to kind of um, when you're doing the event to have really at your fingertips um, where you can direct people. And if you don't have that information at hand, one of the, you know, number one questions, well, number one question is where are you guys based? Oh, where's two birds? So we learned pretty quickly that we needed to find a home for two birds, um, hence we built a brewery. But so after that question, the second thing is, where can we get your beer? Everyone wants to know where they can get it from. So you have to be able to direct them somewhere. So it comes back to that thing, that kind of first 
gate to get through is the distribution, the ongoing distribution, or do we do it because we want to go into that market and we want to learn more about the people up there or in that area? And this is going to give us a bit of an insight into that. And are all of those considerations like the front part of the formula? The second part of the formula is then, okay, so what's it going to cost us? What's our rebate? What's, yep. and, and then yep. work out. And I guess then leading on to that, Dave and Marty, as as festival organisers, there's obviously, you've, you, it's important for you guys to find that sweet spot to make sure, because you want, I guess, your marquee um, brewers, you want some that you can kind of, your headliners, and you also want then, you know, the new up-and-comers that are going to create some excitement. How do you go about sort of saying, okay, so what's what's fair in terms of, you know, I'm not in this as a charity, but I also want to make sure that it's, it's tasty enough for the brewers, but that everyone gets a share? Yeah, and I guess... Um at Sydney Beer Week, our perspective is a bit different because although the, the festival ex- extends nine days, there's only two events that are, that are ours, um, the gala opening and, and the hair of the dog, which we share with the brewery. Um, and I guess, so you have, to, you have to wear a bit of a, a different hat. And if, I, if I'm just looking at being the curator of a, of a one-day event or a you know, singular event, the gala, um, yeah, there is that sweet spot. Um, and... You know, in a as a standalone single day event, you're hanging your hat on that whole day, you know. And if it's outdoors, God plays a part and all that type of stuff. So you're hanging your hat as a multi day event um, or a, f- a multi day festival. You know, we can afford, but you know, I hate I say it, but we can afford for the gala to be a lost leader to a point. And you know, happily say, last two years it's been the lost leader. You know, but we've made the choice that. That's what we were going to do. Uh, and we set our rebates at a, you know, 100% of rebates go back to the breweries. And the other thing that, that I guess is unique to you and, and, and Good Beer Works the same is what do you charge, you know, as a, like as a, a registration, a festival registration or, a, you know, here's your spot on the, on the website and in the a printed program or whatever. Yeah. And I guess the, the, the politically correct and the reality is that it's we take a balanced view you know we these guys go to market first or good beer week goes to market first puts their rates out so you know where do we go we go looking at that um we look at other multi-day festivals we have a strong relationship with san francisco beer week um so we do a bit of stuff with them so we benchmark against there and we actually then think to ourselves well what is the cost that we really need to cover how strong is our relationship with our sponsors and our and our expectation of return sponsorship uh can we hang you know any hats on that and therefore then we you know pop out the bottom of what our event registrations shall be um you know i'm uh, liam will probably beat me over the head for declaring it but we've we've already made decisions around next year what we will do and what we won't do and we take a position of being a responsible festival owner um again we don't want three mediocre or average beer events which are you know multi-brewery ticketed you know here's a here's a token give me a beer type festivals mini gabs in the space of four weeks in sydney there's just not the market for it people don't have that discretionary spend and if being the responsible festival owner means we bow out of having a gala um and other festival owners want to have a go at being the gala or having a gala or doing something like that that's cool that's better for the consumer it's actually a better result for the sponsors as well, better result for the breweries because they get to you know, minimise their expenditure. Um, and it's a better result for us because we don't do a hyper work for, <laughs> to, in the end, it comes out of my bank account having to pay for that, for that privilege. 
Um, so yeah, it's 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 morphing and it's evolving and it's a bit of a it's because we have good strong relationships with all of those stakeholders and we take input from them and we listen to them. You know, some of it is a you know <laughs> a bit of grain of salt. You know, um, but you take a balanced view and think right, what does it need to be to be sustainable for all those stakeholders? But Marty, and that's a really good um, question. You know, you uh, sell tickets at the door, so not not a, not a cheap event to attend in in some ways. You uh, charge the brewers for the privilege to be there, and then you take a percentage of all of their beers um, that, that, that are sold. Mate, you must be raking it in. Where did? <laughs> Where does the money go? Uh, there's the costs of running a festival are you know fairly uh, extraordinary. One of the, the biggest costs, or you know, you, you're thinking about things like venue, uh, infrastructure, toilets, marquees, things like that, and that you know that is incredibly expensive. Then you've got your entertainment, your production, your um, uh, all of those things, and so the money the money really does sort of just get chewed up very quickly. Um, the point I'll make and. The point I'll make is that I've, I really look to try and find alignment between the end customer, the patron, and the breweries. And if you can kind of align their interests and start and just make all your decisions based on is this good for the patron, is this good for the brewery, you get 99 out of 100 uh, you know, uh, decisions right. Um, and if there's a conflict there between the patron or the brewery, then you, you, know, you, you take a balanced view and you know, I, I will say that I, I really do focus on the patron probably a little bit more than the brewery just because I think that without those patrons coming in, they're not buying the brewery's uh, beer or cider um, and, you know, the festival um, ceases to exist as well. So you, you do make decisions just based on the good for all, um, but you also, at the end of the day, it's no good for anyone if the, the festival goes out of business and can't pay its bills because, you know, it shuts up shop and... Um, you know the, the 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 town and the brewers and everyone sort of loses a, um, a an enjoyable event that's a bit of an asset. And you want to feel safe as well at the event if you're working behind the stand. I think having all of the security elements and all of that, and knowing that the festival organisers have got your back on that is really important for me. And there are so many hidden people walk into an event and just look at the they don't they don't don't look at the toilets they don't look at the security they don't look at the marquees that have got to be provided and the you know people have got to have got to do it and uh in, in fact last night um i think it was what are we thursday two nights ago uh radio brews news dropped here as a conversation really long chat with stephen guy from the tap house looking at the um, origins of gabs in, in melbourne and i think they lost a quarter of a million dollars in the first year um i, I won't ask you how much uh you lost in the first year, but you certainly uh, didn't pay yourself in the first year, Marty. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think any uh, festival organiser, uh, they're kidding themselves if they don't think they're going to lose money in the first uh, couple of years. We were really good at losing money until about year four. Um, uh, You're and, only in year five. Yeah, yeah, and that's honest. That's that's truth. Um, and you know, you do that because you um, you know you make decisions that aren't necessarily in your interests. Um, because you're trying to build a festival that's sustainable, that appeals to, you know, patrons and breweries alike. And so your interests are actually the, the, the last one you consider. Great example around the, uh, the cost. We, uh, just before the gala, I um, happened to be scrolling through Sydney Beer Week social media pages, much to, you know, Liam just says, don't look, Dave, don't look. Um, and someone had made a comment that uh, 
you know, something along the lines of, well, beer festivals should be free, and if they were, we'd turn up and we'd spend more. I've learned to take a breath, deep breath and, and, and just go, I'm not going to educate you on the, the cost of running a festival. But the reality is, yeah, beer festivals should be free. And we should have the backdrop of Sydney Harbour and the nice lights and, you know, and a public location like the Maritime Museum should give us their venue and their staff and their security and the bump in the day before for free. Absolutely. Wrong. You know, we've got to pay for stuff and, and the reality is it's, it, it does. Like, like Marty, I'm sure, you know, you, money comes in and it, it flows out a lot quicker than it comes in, unfortunately, you know. So um, sponsors renege, you know, um, sponsors are late. Um, ticket, but not yeah. Kegstar. No, Kegstar's always on top. Yeah, absolutely, favourite favorite people. But, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to, to understand people's views of, of how things should be when they're, they're not involved with the, with the day-to-day and the, the commercial realities of it. I'll just add on that. Um, the other element when you're a brewery trying to set up an event at a festival such as Sydney Beer Week, um, a lot of the venues really struggle to get an understanding of what it means for it to be a success on their end as well. Um, and so whenever I'm trying to work with a, a venue, especially if they haven't done something before, I try and make it really clear, this is a marketing exercise. If you are purely going into this to, to turn a buck, for starters, I probably don't want to work with you because it's not going to go well. Um, but that uncountable marketing aspect and that brand building aspect is a huge part of um, when you're putting something together for a beer week rather than a standalone festival because that's a captive audience. That's when you're, you, can, you can transform someone's night and, and create something really special they've never experienced before. Um, and that's why I love working in festivals and create, Danny will tell you, my, I get some madcap ideas and people have to talk me off the ledge. Because I want to create incredible experiences that beer festivals sometimes don't deliver on themselves unless the breweries go out and seek out to create them. And as a festival owner, we've got a good nose for what's going to work. We'd spend a lot of time when we re-register, you know, between registrations closing and us, you know, declaring the, the, the program. We do a lot of work with um, all of those event holders um, to, to curate the best festival possible. And, and we can tell which ones are, are going to go well. The other ones that, you know, the great idea, you know, it's, it, it can be a, a simple idea, but you know it's going to be executed well. Um, we know our boxes are ticked. You know, they, they put an image they give us a high-res image to put on the website. You know people are going to buy, you know, go to that one first than just the stock standard Sydney Beer Week banner image. You know, um, We know some of the breweries and venues, when they collaborate specifically, we know it's, it's going to go well and we get a good mix. When, it's, it's, when is there's the expectation that, yeah, we're just, we paid your registration, our registration fee, now bring 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 on the glory. It's like, uh, yeah, and that's a huge thing. A whole lot of people just want to outsource. They they people in the craft beer will join Sydney Beer Week, and they're just going to deliver us a bar full of people for two hundred bucks. Um, when it, 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 it you can't approach it that way. And we probably should have had a publican on. Um, in hindsight, thank you for showing me up. Um, but it, but, but it, it it is a mindset, Kerry. There's a really good point that you made that you really need. Uh, the venues to know what they want to get out of it as well. The venues have to be willing to work with you really closely to utilise every single element, like 
resource you have to get that room full of people. Mm. You you can't just sit back and wait for people to click onto Sydney Beer Week and go, that's the event I want to go to. You've got to use all of your social media. You've got to commit spend to it as well. And venues or breweries who don't understand that as part of the equation, they're setting themselves up for failure. But it has come a long way, I think, you know, since early days, you know, talking to uh, venues and breweries now who understand the total cost. You know, gone are the days where they went, oh, yeah, it cost me a couple hundred bucks to register and I got, you know, $50 in rebates back. No, now it's staff costs. Oh, well, I boosted that post for 100 bucks the week leading up. I had transport, I had this, I had that. You know, um, I had return stock that I had to allocate, all that type of stuff. People are getting smarter. And actually, the ones that are getting smarter and understanding and using data to make their decisions are actually the ones that are more encouraged to take it even further because they, they understand it they include it in their budget for next year and they go, yeah, we're happy. And, and that's a great point as well because you could easily have a Sydney Beer Week program that's got beer, yoga, pint and palmer, um, you know, all, all of the usual suspects that doesn't add anything to the landscape of the, the, the Beer Week. But if you do something that is original and different on a one-night thing, you've got all of the setup costs and all of the creation costs of that. I think on that point as well, you, you, if you're going to take that risk and you're going to invest all of your time and effort as a brewery or as a venue into doing something really creative and different, you need to know the festival is going to support you in doing it as well. So you, you need to be able to go, okay, this is the right festival to commit these resources to because I know they've got the PR pool. I know they've got a really st- solid audience or if it's not necessarily a strictly beer geeky event I know they've got the culinary crowd I know they've got a really sporty engaged audience who loves that type of event so if you're going to take those those massive risks with a really large project event which I'm constantly wanting to do um, you've got to know what you're dealing with yeah and it's not going to be every festival it'll work in yeah and um, you know something that's happening more and more in in our world is now where we're actually just facilitating um the brewery introducing the brewery to our patrons and breweries are becoming much more active in in approaching us and saying you know what can we do that's different we've got this idea you know can we have a little bit more space so that we can do this and you know um bolter uh, brought uh, pinata to beer insider this year and you know just you know watching that and the reaction of the patrons you know, it was really encouraging and, and, you know, similarly we had other breweries doing doing activations that actually, you know, created a, a memory um, that uh, linked the brewery to, to that experience. And I think, you know, increasingly festivals are, are doing that, are, are actually able just to facilitate support and um, bring those two parties together. Do you find that consumers are less engaged because everything's in the palm of the hand? I guess you're talking about untapped and is it the experience? Is, is, is that, and a lot of venues are finding that as well. You can't just have beers on tap. You need to provide an experience around that as well. Who wants to take that one? Just from Sydney Beer Week's perspective, it's part of why we dropped the craft in the title when we took it over. Um, we wanted to appeal to a wider audience and to bring beer to a wider audience. You know, yeah, everything's in the palm of your hands, but those those examples you gave, Reese, you know, the the Untapped and the CBCs, you know, that's 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 the beer, beer nerd cognoscenti, right? Um, and that's cool. We hope that there are events through our nine days, through our venue partners and our brewery partners that attract those type of consumers. For the broader uh, mass consumer who are just entering beer or, you know, just wanting to have a, a decent night out and, and have beer as part of that, it's about curating that event and then using, um, targeting our advertising and, and where we put that advertising. We, we copped a bit of flack 
from some industry and some, some beer nerd, Cognoscetti, um, when we first started advertising last year on Triple M. And again, this year on Triple M, but you know, the reality is that's the, it's, the, it's got the biggest radio reach in the city. Um, and they were fully supportive. Well, yeah, you've already, yeah. Plus, yeah. you've already, you've already yeah, got. But everyone, it's like you know, you've yeah. already got the five percent of the five percent. Yeah, it's, it's the ninety-five percent of you the ninety-five percent that you want to. Yeah, and and I, and I guess for us, it's like when I stood at the door of the gala and, and sort of looked and and you know the usual beer nerd cognoscenti suspects. There were some there, but not not all of the Sydney beer nerd crowd was there at the gala and. The, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bulk of the the bulk of the audience there were just normal beer consumers and people and and couples, and I thought that's what we set out to do. So, guys, just quickly before we, we before we finish up, we want to look at your opinion of so what's the future of of beer festivals, beer weeks, beer events, um, and leading into that, I guess, how do you each because Dave, you touched on it. Um, don't don't read the reviews, but obviously you do seek feedback in terms of okay. So how what was the overall impression of the of the, the thing? What can we do better? What what's the you know cut out the the bottom five percent and the top five percent? There's some who love you, some who are going to hate you no matter what. What's what are the trends? How do you how do you look at those and how do you assess? Okay, do we do this again? I guess uh, um, yeah, we do uh, we do surveys of you know consumer sponsor venues and breweries and, 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 and our own gut feeling for how it went. Um, our approach in 2000, the end of 2018 and 2019 from, from Sydney Beer Week and Dave's perspective is we want to see a round table of all the major beer festivals and either my, the minor beer festivals in Australia come together and we work out how to make the best go at conducting beer events around the country uh, and making sure we're addressing that four quadrant of, of, of stakeholders and doing it well and doing it efficient because what I what worries me is is you know decent festivals owned by decent people going under because it's too hard there's too much noise there's too many other sort of competing me, forces. me, me yeah. also's um, that just pop up and it makes it harder to d- put on a really decent event and everyone gets tired. How much is that happening, actually? And th- that's one of the reasons that we started talking about this panel, so I'm really pleased that you, you brought it along. How much are chances coming to the market, sucking the oxygen out of the market and making it hard for legitimate, sustainable businesses to keep going? He- heaps, um, absolutely. Um, but I think the power is in the established relationships that we've that we do have, and coming together to find a way to to not you know to realise that there's always going to be that noise and it'll always be the pop ups that pop up. Um, but how do we get smarter at doing what we do so we're delivering a better result across the board? Marty, anything else to, to finish off, like in terms of the, the feedback and the future? Yeah, so I think the future will hold uh, uh, more uh, really good events. You know, I actually think that. You know we're in a we're in a stage uh, of mature of maturing, and um, you know the 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 people will work out very quickly that um, starting a beer festival is not a great way to make money unless you unless you do it you know really well and you you know you you work and you have a long term view and have a long term view. Um, and I I see as well just one other sort of trend that I I'd predict which is that you know, even the term beer festival will, will start to become redundant. I think, it, I think it'll become just a festival, similarly as craft beer is just becoming beer. Um, and, um, you know, we'll have a, a much more richly integrated uh, event market whereby good beer, good wine, good music, 
good food, um, live happily together and they just become the norm. Yeah, I guess um, from my point of view, we've like as a brewery owner, we've had to pick up our socks and improve our kind of marketing and our offer and and our brand personality and what we're putting out there to the world. We've had to definitely, you know, you can't just turn up to a beer festival with a jockey box and serve a couple of beers. You've really got to be creative and um, be smart about it and how you present yourself. So in return, I guess where we, all we expect is for the beer festival organisers to do the same in terms of step up their level of professionalism, step up what it is that they're, um, what their service is offering so that they're on par with each other. I guess we suffer from the the same um, problems of competition. Every man and his dog thinks that if you open a brewery or start a beer festival, you're going to get rich. Well, I can tell you it's probably no from both of those things. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, we're getting smarter and about picking the right festivals to do. So I think that we'll definitely continue to support the ones that are set up well and are run well, not just because of the relationships that um, are you know, built up over time and that we trust the people that we're working with. We'll con- continue to support them absolutely because if you don't attend events and you don't continue to put yourself out there and you brand out there, you can fall behind. And we did notice it when we had you know a year off from doing events just because we were fatigued. Um, and you do notice it. People, you know, forget about you and they kind of move on and there's so many other breweries out there and new brands popping up every single day so we have to continue to attend these events um and we want to we want to go to the ones that are run well we have run out of time folks would you please join me in thanking our panel and on behalf of danielle kerry dave marty and matt um i'd like to Thank um, special thanks to Kegstar, but also a very special thanks to um, our friends here at Uncle Hops at the Bank Hotel for um, not just for this session, but for being a host of the of the Trade Hub. Because um, as I say, it's um, this will get out to a fairly wide audience once it's once it's podcast. And I think it's important that these discussions are had. You know, when Matt and I sat down, sort of, well, let, should we throw a cat amongst the pigeons and just sort of say, go to you know, be invited to a a good beer week and shit say beer and shit can <laughs> beer weeks. But it, it wasn't uh, the intention at all. As I say, it's, it's, it's really just about getting that, that understanding out. So thank you very much to, um, to the Bank Hotel for, um, for their part in, in supporting that and to Dave and, and the guys at Sydney Good Beer Week. So get out there, drink more beer. Cheers. Cheers. And that was our Brews News Live discussion, Have Beer Weeks Had Their Day? Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show, either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of Australian craft beer. When Brews News cast and crew are buying online, we buy at Beer Cartel. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because beer is a conversation. And we look forward to another conversation next week. (laughs) 